This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Christ, we pray in your name that your word will not return void. We know that you are able. We trust you. In your matchless name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Jeremiah. And we will be looking at the prophecy that will help to bring in this season of commemorating the birth of our Lord. I'm thankful that he is not yet the baby in the major, but he is king of kings and Lord of all. Amen. We're yet in the Lawful Works of Grace series, and we want to go forth in his name. Hallelujah. For he is good to us all. Not willing that any should perish, but all should come. What? To repentance. I thank God that that hasn't changed, even though philosophies of men change. But how many know the Lord's word changes not? It must not change because it is our pillar uh, upon which we can lean upon. And that's one of the meanings uh, integral to faith that we have a God we can lean on. That means we can trust and depend on him, give our all to him. And it's in Christ alone, in faith alone. So we do have to have a God who is not wishy-washy. He is a God who says, in him is no variableness, nor what shadow of turning. And that's where the, the good, perfect gifts come from, the Father of lights. And people are celebrating with lights all around. Some don't know that Jesus is the light of the world. They could care less about all of that. But they have some of the best lights. When night comes, you see a festival of lights. And we see also, if you look a little deeper, covetousness. My lights are better than your lights. (laughs) A lot of that goes on. I'm driving from work late from doing a lot of report card, paperwork and such, averaging this and averaging that and checking out all my notes from all since September. And uh, I'm looking as I'm driving. One, one house, I could see from blocks and blocks away the glory of his yard. And the glory of his yard is shining forth because there's not one spot without a light. He has so many bulbs I'm sure the light company is smiling greatly. And the conservationists are saying, wow, he needs to tone that down. (laughs) But nonetheless, we see in the scripture we're about to go in, it was a gloomy time, darkness, because people weren't following the voice of the Lord for some time. And they were in need of hearing a true word from God, but yet did not really want to heed to the word of God. They wanted the word of God to be as they would have it, not as God would say it. And here's Jeremiah, the ch- one of the choice servants on the scene in Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6. Speaking of the righteous branch, there comes one that is going to fix things. He says, woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my sheep. 
because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wise and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. I thank God for that verse of scripture, for I could hear it as a trumpet sounding out an alarm. And as long as we are on this earth, in these bodies of flesh that we live in, we will have to struggle in sin. But guess what? The only way to God is a walk of faith. And it's made possible by the Lord that was chronicled and announced by the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord, our righteous Savior, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. As we heed the call of God's Spirit, as we commemorate Him coming into the world to change things for the better, my God, we will be led to make a spiritual move to Christ, who is the way to God. Sin will offer many alternate misleading walkways, causing one to be carried astray. But through God, we can all make a successful journey to Bethlehem. Amen. The Holy Ghost is bringing this series back in. and He has given me so much to add to it. Uh, part one, that's what we're in today. There will be three parts. This is part one which is covering a renewal of the mind. Journey to Bethlehem, part one, a renewal of the mind. There are four main travel recommendations, in other words, marching orders, which serve as commission commands from the Messiah himself that will keep you in God's holy will as the Spirit cultivates your soul. So many don't see the importance today of having the Spirit of God cultivating their soul. There are many things that will cultivate our soul, but it's in a faulty, finite kind of medium which will dissipate and call you back to it for you to want more for you to only need more which cannot be satisfied. An ongoing cycle which keeps you hooked, my God, but not completely satisfied. So God is 
chronicling out and echoing out into the darkness so that we could see the light, this first marching order is to keep Jesus at the forefront of your mind. Marching order number one, keep Jesus at the forefront of your mind. Why? Because doing so will keep you ready to receive God's living word. I'm putting capital L, capital W on that because who is the living word? It's Jesus himself, right? He's the second person of the Godhead. He has a personhood, the person of Jesus Christ. He's not just some kind of thought from the past. As one young man said, and I don't think he had all of his marbles in the bucket, but he said, Jesus is just some dead guy. And his mama said, uh, he knew better than, he knows better than that. He's gone to Sunday school. I said, well, he's saying something else in class. You might want to talk to him. Amen. <laughs> but Jesus Christ is the righteous one. And we have to consider the marching orders that were given to Joseph and Mary in Luke 2, 1 through 7. If we look at that right quick, we can't have Christmas without these scriptures, these scriptures show us uh, the source of light which we uh, celebrate with. So this is the advent of the Son of Man. Jesus born as sort of like one of us. I say sort of because he's yet 100% God. Amen. And we look at verses 1 through 7, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped them in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was what? No room for them in the end. My God. So these are marching orders we see noted for Joseph and Mary by the messenger himself, the Holy Ghost. Amen. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. And we must learn to have him as our best friend and learn his voice. Because he'll save you out of a lot of trouble. Amen. Our flesh will put us in a lot of trouble. The devil has many hellish suggestions to keep us in trouble. But the Holy Ghost, amen, has the way. It's a lit up way. He will light up our path, reveal the truth of God's word, and show us ahead where we got to go so that we won't uh, walk astray. There are other marching orders we should consider in history uh, that was given to the wise men from the east, as noted in Matthew 2, 
verses 1 and 2, and verses 10 and 11. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Verses 10 and 11. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, not into the cave where the manger was, the house, they saw the young child, not the baby. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense, and myrrh. Thank God. So a renewal of the mind as God would have it requires the holy quietness of the holy of holies where the Holy Spirit whispers the required things uh, that we need in our spirit. It's a holy quietness. So when you're in the Holy of Holies, there is a holy quietness needed. And God makes certain that that's the environment uh, conducive. Uh, and then when you make it in there, amen, you're going to find that there's no carnal noise. There's no, amen, hoopla from the world. There are no evil philosophies working against the voice of the Lord. And there will be a stillness. I say, shh where the Holy Spirit whispers the required directives for your journey to Bethlehem. You need that still small voice in your heart reigning and ruling there. Let the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts. The scriptures teaches us that. And if you keep Jesus on your mind, he will give you what? Perfect peace. That's one of the rewards of those who diligently seek him. You're always pursuing after him during the day, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. Where is Jesus? Jesus, what do you say? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How should I feel? How should I think? Should I do this? Should I do that? The Lord will reveal it to you. Is your soul quiet enough to hear his still, small voice? My God, What's so important about Bethlehem? Why should we try to journey there? Let's look at it from a historic point of view and a prophetic one. Bethlehem is a city that exists in Israel about uh, five miles south of Jerusalem. Even though it is considered small, uh, it yet has the acclaim of any successful large city. And one of the best authenticating landmarks of modern Israel is the Church of the Nativity, which landmarks the case of the inn noted in the first scripture reference we read, which had no room for the expecting highly favored Virgin Mary and her fiancé Joseph, the just man. This cave served as the stable in which Mary and Joseph laid the swaddling-clothed Emmanuel in an animal trough known as a manger. 
Yes, Christ, who is the bread of life for all mankind. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He's that living word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. When God said, let there be, Christ became the personification of his words and went out and created all that was here. Amen. Made to be here. Thank God there was nothing made that was made without him. Hallelujah. He's the living word proceeding from the mouth of God, and God feeds us with him. And Jesus gives us the power of the Holy Ghost. You better be friends with Jesus so you could be friends with the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is Jesus who baptizes you into the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank God. So we see Jesus here, the bread of life, is the bread of life for all mankind. I thank God for using Pastor uh, Billy Graham, Evangelist Billy Graham, back in the day, and he said it loud and clear that Jesus is not, was not a white man. He actually said those words, my God, and he said there ought not be uh, some kind of stipulation where now we're making everybody bow to some white God. He said that's not the case. Jesus came for all. Hallelujah. He said he basically was a person of color. <laughs> my God, my God. Ah, hallelujah. But you could get all colors from that color. Thank God you look in genetics. My God, a black woman could have a white child and a black child. Look for yourself. Test it out. Hallelujah anyhow, but people don't want to talk about that, but that's all right. But Jesus said, I came for everybody, so nobody will be left out. So I don't stand here talking a black gospel. I'm not trying to paint God black. I'm just stating the facts. Hallelujah anyhow. And if we have, because we are multicultural in our vision, if we had other uh, cultures sitting here amongst us mixed in, everyone would be given their right to lay claim on who they are, nationally speaking, ethnically speaking. There ought not be a color blindness. That's not real living. We ought to see the colors and respect each one. Hallelujah, anyhow. Thank God. That's why God, Christ came. He said, I came to die for all men. He's not going to make us all the same. But these secular, humanistic, and cult-driven uh, spirits of seduction and satanic doctrine out there, they want everybody to have the same doctrine. Forget about, you know, don't talk about Christ so much when you're with us. Don't say Allah so much. Just all, let's just all get along. But no, I serve the risen Savior. He's in the world today. Hallelujah. And I looked through the scriptures and the Holy Ghost showed me his name is not Allah. Hallelujah. Anyhow, his name is not Confucius. You're confused if you think so. My God, his name is not Buddha. You can boot that right on out of here because I'm going to keep serving the living God. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. No disrespect, but once you come to the knowledge of the faith, as the Holy Ghost transforms your mind and regenerates your spirit, you will realize that Jesus is alive, and you got to give him his honor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And we see in the scripture that at the time of his birth, uh, this, this event, it's looked at as, as, as it is. It's obscure. 
and unregarded. He's way out there in no man's land, especially by the neighboring Jews. Uh, they, they, they were supposed to be the subject of his kingdom. That's not how they wanted him to come. Their religiously proud minds were too high to receive Jesus as he came. Uh, too high to receive the humble arrival of the Most High. His own received them not, as noted in Joel 1.11. Uh, they uh, preferred to delight themselves in their own conceited wisdom, just as some of the Gentiles they scoffed at. Ironically, these, uh, those Jews uh, with that mind then thought they knew God, but they did not. And anyone today who has such a mind does not really intimately know God either. They might know of some theory or some Sunday school book or some kind of pamphlet or something they read. My mama's told me, cousin Pookie twice removed told me, whatever. My God, but you don't really know God. Because there's going to come a time when God says, depart from me, I know you're not. And he's going to say that to the folk that seemingly knew him, that had his gifts and were using them, but did not want to know him. Did not want to be ordered by him. God, if I do that, I won't make enough money. If God, if I do that, half my members will leave. God, if I do that, it won't be fashionable in the, you know, status quo, the subculture that I am thriving in, so financially superior in, you know. But no, I want to serve God, even though we seem obscure. Even though we seem to have nothing, though Paul said we have all things. Hallelujah. I want to be that kind of apostle. Amen. That's how God wired me in my giftings. To boldly go where no one has gone before and to start that which has not been started. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God not born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but God will lead me to where the silver is. Hallelujah. Anyhow. But I will tell you, just like I told the man as I was scrubbing the cement porch right outside that someone uh, vomited on in a demonic uh, uh, ritual of being drunk, I poured hot bleach water on it and scrubbed it, and the man came by looking for silver and gold, and he had a sob story. So as the Holy Ghost led me, I told him my sob story. Hallelujah. Look at me, I'm supposed to be like the other ones you just quoted. Oh, you from Bishop this church and Bishop that church. My God, and I ignored the fact that he's walking around like a vagabond begging for cash. My God, but he tried to throw the church vernacular at me to try to finesse some money out of me. But the Lord said, just give him your sob story too. Let's share sob stories. As you see, I'm working here alone. You saw me last week doing the same thing. Here I am again, all alone. But I got God. I'm still here. I'm on assignment. I got a handful, but God is using me still. I don't have the money I should have for the vision that God gave me yet, but I'm still working. I'm a husband of one wife, and I got children, and I support them, and they're going to college. I'm the Negro college fund. Hey, hallelujah. The, the, uh, and I don't get a stimulus, but I'm still here. And as I kept going on to chapter 2 and 3 of my sob story, he began to kind of look uh, like he needed to go, and I kept sweeping, and then I didn't say any more, and I looked around, he was gone. Hallelujah. I anyhow. Hallelujah. <laughs> so he had his uh, marching order, and I had mine. Hallelujah. Let's look at the second marching order. 
that Christ has for us. Beware of being hungry for that which will hurt you. That's what I was trying to show the man. And as I didn't give him the money, because the Holy Ghost shut me down not to do it, amen, I barely have none anyway. The little that I think I have, it's already accounted for. The house said, mm, nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm, yes. Hallelujah. And I lovingly give to my wife. She don't say anything, amen, but I still give, amen. Thank God, thank God. So I, 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 I didn't give to that man, and guess what? Two minutes later, Two minutes later, I found him lighting up. He had the most ex- one of the most expensive cigars you could light up. And you know that's tax dollars uh, uh, tied to that, to that cigar. So many tax dollars, my God. The tax dollars is even more than what he asked me for. And that cigar costs way more. He said, this is not about drugs or nothing like that. I just need a little this. And he had his sob stars. I said, well, you know what, uh, time, I'm, a little, I'm tight right now. Times are hard, brother. And I told him of mine, you know, then he left. I did an extra. I said, wow, well, he got that. He can afford that, 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 and that. What are you asking? You know, he need to go ahead and go and just wash a little bit, shave a little bit, go on an interview. There's a lot of signs. Help, want to help, want to help, want to. You can clean this, do that. You can mop, you can do this and that. You can wash the dishes. You can do whatever, whatever, whatever. Amen. Though you had three doctorate degrees, they'll let you wash dishes. They don't care. Thank God, thank God. But people are hungry for that which is hurting them. So he's lighting up and hurting his lungs. My God. How many of us are hungry for that which is hurting us? Not just with the body, but with the mind. With your regenerated spirit needing a certain kind of feeding, but you're feeding yourself otherwise and neglecting your spirit man. Let's consider the prophecy of Isaiah 55. Thank God for Isaiah the eagle-eyed prophet, my God. Look at Isaiah 55. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Come. He's saying, yes, you can come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. So whatever you need to, to help yourself to have a healthiness, to, to brighten up your face, you, you, you can get it without money, without price. Wherefore do ye uh, spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. That's the real soul food, y'all. Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So you got the Davidic covenant in there, which leads to who? Jesus. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee, shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him when, while he is near. People say they come from out of the church and didn't know the God of the church they came out of, and now they become vagabonds about the street. Why? Because they didn't give heed to the Spirit. It says he had let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy 
upon him and to our God, for he will what abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So many of us think we know the Lord, but we need to think again when we read Isaiah 55 in the Holy Ghost, my God. So yes, this third marching order is for us to remember that only God can save us from ourselves. Because we are born in shape in iniquity and in sin did our mothers conceive us. And we have a hunger for that which hurts us. And how do you break that cycle? You need a transformation. You need a regeneration. You need to be born again. Yes, the third marching order is for us to remember that only God can save us from ourselves. God has revealed to me that the evangelical significance of this geographic place called Bethlehem is a type of the heavenly kingdom. The recorded journey is to serve as a natural model of the humble entry into the divine realm of God's kingdom. The journey to Bethlehem is first a journey in the mind from the carnal mind of our sinful flesh to the spiritual mind of the regenerated spirit in us, born again by the gracious saving power of God. This journey is a change from the control of the flesh to the control of the Holy Spirit. From serving, I call them I dolls. Little girls, you know, whoever, and boys too now play with dolls. And they are for your eye. Aren't there sins of the eye? Huh? Sin of the flesh, my God, and, and the pride of life. Idols, the Bible calls them I-D-O-L-S. But I say what you see uh, and what you sense with the unsaved spirits gives you a certain propensity to uh, pursue after whatever is going to hurt you more. And we're not serving God. But God wants us to move from that to serving God as we are moved by his perfected love in us. He puts his love in us, and that puts us on track to obey the revealed truth from the Word, as revealed by the Holy Ghost, who we are now trusting in and listening to, not turning a deaf ear to, not turning away from because we have a stiff neck and want to keep on doing what we're doing because that's the cozy spot. But God says, come out of that cozy spot. Take off them Barney pajamas and put on your war clothes. Hallelujah. That's the wrong comforter. You need the comforter of the Holy Ghost. So we need a change of mind. A renewing transformation from death to life, from the sinfulness that we are stuck in, my God, to justified sinlessness. We could stand upon the rock of Christ, the stable ground. Amen. Which brings us to the last and fourth marching order, which is for us to draw nigh to God without delay when he reveals himself to us. Draw nigh to God without delay when he reveals himself to us. 
You know, the group of men called wise men who had traveled from Arabia to Bethlehem seem to have had first taken the spiritual journey to Bethlehem prior to their geographical one. Though called by their former craft name in the scripture, Magi, because the Bible wanted you to see who they were, amen, they were called Magi. In other words, astrologers, y'all, magicians, soothsayers, etc. They had apparently taken to heart a longing for the living light of the glory of God rather than for the inanimate reflections of his glory in all that he created. Instead of worshiping the star, they worship the one who created the star. Amen. They said there's something bigger and greater here. Someone else, they knew from the ancient day, the intelligent designer, and they figured out his name as chronicled by all the journals of the people of God. My God, going far back as Job, my God, because he was around there when the earth was so bad, my God, and it needed a change, my God. So these men figured out as revealed by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit took hold of them. So they traveled through the hot Arabian desert. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost to do that, my God. Through the mountainous, infertile, sandy terrain of their wilderness land. They did that through the guiding light, guiding light of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thy word shall be what? Be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Who made the star that guided them? Jesus. And how is he miraculously coming into, by the Holy Ghost, this virgin womb, my God, and yet leading them as a newborn, my God, but he had already did what he did before he came as the newborn. Hallelujah. We're talking about the pre-incarnate Christ, the Savior of the world, the creator of all things. Hallelujah. He created the stuff that they were worshiping. And he said, don't worship that. Worship me. Hallelujah. I'm the one that threw the stars in space. Hallelujah. Took a miracle of love and grace. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank you, Lord. So they were able to go through all of their terrain, my God, and arrive at the fertile, well-watered, uh, country of Bethlehem. They were successfully guided, aided by God's star, which served as a beckoning sign, calling them from the fields of sin and death to the kingdoms of holiness and life. You know, God's call to them is evidence of his eternal love that is yet available for all of us to experience today. It echoes through our finite time frame and beckons unto us that we ought to come. He's beckoning us throughout all eternity to our little finite time of a cradle and saying, come, my God, beyond your physical limits. Come into my spiritually unlimited existence in the heavens. God's trying to lead us from time to eternity. And he's the bridge for our journey to Bethlehem, the eternal Bethlehem in heaven. Hallelujah. Friends, you know, the journey to Bethlehem is a trip still being taken by many wise men and women, boys and girls today. 
It's not very wise to reject life and choose death, is it? No, but Satan will certainly try to make that happen in our lives. He'll attempt to fool the ones who have chosen to become citizens of God's heavenly kingdom. Oh, my God. If they make that possible for him to do so, if they open up their heart gate to Satan, he'll come right on in as they beckon him on in. My God. But we got to keep our heart closed to him, keep our mind closed to him, keep our ear gate closed to him, the eye gate closed to him, the sensuality gate closed to him. Hallelujah. Thank God. Bethlehem is the place where the lawful works of God's grace opens up the way for us to be eternally transformed into the heavenly newness we need through faith in Jesus as our Messiah. He supplies the spiritual nourishment sufficient to repair our character flaws through the power of the Holy Spirit. My God, will you allow him to renew your mind with the mind of Christ Jesus? Let this mind be in you that was also what? In Christ Jesus, it says in the epistles, my God. Why don't you begin to make the eternal move to Bethlehem today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Stand and praise the name of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.com. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.